Hello and welcome to Career Move Secrets, a brand new podcast for active job seekers and the career minded. In each episode, I'll interview a special guest from my global network. Guests will include seasoned recruiters, experienced hiring managers from companies big and small, and successful individuals who have developed great careers through making great career moves. My aim is to uncover and share my guests' unique perspectives, their insights and their insider advice on job searching, interviewing and career enhancement. My name is Tony Talbot and I've been working in the recruitment industry as an international headhunter for over 20 years. I'm the creator of CareerMoveSecrets.com, a step-by-step online course for job seekers that I designed to be the ultimate guide to getting hired in the hidden job market. I will add my perspective to the conversation and together with my guests, we hope to provide some genuine, actionable insider advice that will help you execute your next career move. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Career Move Secrets. Today's guest is Kelly Hoey. Kelly is a networking expert and author of Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relationships in a Hyper-Connected World. Kelly's also a speaker on the topic of networking and career enhancement, and she has her own podcast called Build Your Dream Network. Uh, She's also contributed to numerous publications such as The New York Times, Inc.com and Forbes.com. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm really well, Tony. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Where, where, where do we find you today in the world? Midtown Manhattan. Wow. Mid- is it? Yeah. I love, oh God, I love Manhattan. I was, we were there with the family only a few years ago. What's happening in New York right now? Are you uh, locked down or unlocked or whatever? We're, yeah. You know, it's sort of uh, half locked. <laughs> mm, okay. Semi-locked. Semi-locked. Uh, there's some things we can do. There's some things that are still, you know, not open. I'm probably like the West End. Broadway is still mm. dark, uh, but uh, sporting events have sort of opened up. And, okay. you know, and also just depending on people's uh, attitude and aptitude in terms of what it is they choose to engage in. Okay. <laughs> up for debate what you do yes i get that well a big city like new york you you can't get around without using the subway and all those sorts of things so i guess it's you know or, or are people avoiding the subway what what what's happening in that way well i mean that's it, one of these things there's some people who have i mean in the middle of the winter they're they're bundled in their coats sitting outside eating at restaurants because okay. we we didn't have indoor dining Mm. Um, and so there's people who were like, I got to get out and I've got to do that. Uh, there are people who, you know, probably more cars commuting into the city, uh, than we would get, you know, under sort of say, you know, parens normal times. Mm. But I think it's one of these things we can see what the rules are and how, um, our, you know, local governments or state governments are, you know, kind of imposing or relaxing social distancing rules but we as individuals have been uniquely affected by this time so how we choose within those rules to engage and what gives us comfort or what we're willing to do so well some of us look at spring break on miami beach with absolute horror others look at it as oh my god i wish i was there Uh, and (laughs) uh, and i think all of us in terms of our 
interactions and networking with other people going forward, we need to understand that everybody's got a little different kind different of enthusiasm, yeah. little different enthusiasm for this stuff um, and what we will be willing to do in large environments going forward. Absolutely. Well, look, I, I obviously have done a bit of digging into your background, which is a really interesting one. But of course, my audience will not know your background. Could you give us the very quick potted history? The quick history um, started with a very linear career, you know, graduate from high school, go to university, get a graduate degree, get a job that involves an office and, uh, you know, a business card. So uh, went to law school, practiced law for mm, 11, 12 years, and then said, yeah, I want to do something else. So uh, still staying in that very linear, you know, what are my career prospects? I'm a lawyer. What can I do with this? Oh, I could be a manager in a law firm. So moved into law firm management for five and a half years, did professional development, built out a women's initiative globally, uh, built out alumni programs. And then lo and behold, uh, I had an opportunity, you know, kind of come across my transom that was unadvertised and caused me to take a really bigger look at what I did, where I added value and what were the bigger possibilities. And I took a big old flyer on an opportunity that uh, caused me to step out of my comfort zone, step away from a paycheck, take equity, and lo and behold, it unlocked everything else. So that's when I became president of a global business network for women. That led to my involvement in the startup community, uh, that led to, you know, the media, the accolades, the stuff you read about me. And finally, I guess it was 2014. Yeah. And I finally sat down and said, what's the common thread in all this crazy stuff I've done and opportunities uh, from having a, you know, a piece in the New York Times to meeting Malala. It was networks and relationships. And so that's when I wrote Build Your Dream Network. Brilliant. So you realized you had built, I assume you had built a great network over that time. You'd learned how to do it. Obviously, if you're doing alumni stuff, that's a network in itself. But to, to talk to me about networking. What is it to you? Because I, I was saying to you earlier, I, I have Bob Berg on, uh, on the last show. And of course, you know, he's well known for that, that sort of phrase, uh, you know, no like and trust and, and people referring people to uh, jobs or opportunities where they, they, they know, like and trust a person. Um, I, I was interested in his insights, but of course you've got a, another perspective. What, what, how do you see networking? Well, I think we both agree, you know, Bob and I both agree. And most people who talk about networking agree that it, it, it these, these fundamental um, sort of foundation of it, of trust and respect and reputation mm. uh, and the need to give before you get. Where I differ from other people and where I say, you know, networking needs a rebrand is when you say the word, someone's like, oh God, I got to go out and meet strangers. Mm. You know, you think of a schmoozy cocktail party and you're thinking, oh God, great, a schmoozy Zoom. And I'm going to throw my LinkedIn profile in the chat and say, hey, everyone, connect with me. Here's my LinkedIn profile. I mean, just the whole thought of it makes me, you know, cringe. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, mm. And so when I think, what I think about networking is I think of it as every single human interaction. Because every touch point we have with other people is a chance to start, further, grow, enhance, or maintain a relationship. So what do I mean by that? Well, you send emails every day. 
Could you send a better email? Could you respond to an email better? What's on your email signature line? You know, other people refer us. What's on your website? What's on your LinkedIn profile? Mm. You know, are you engaging? Do you remember people's birthdays, anniversaries? Do you reach out just to check in to see how they are? Like if you stop and pause for a moment, even now in the middle of, you know, a continuing craziness, there are opportunities every single day to, you know, connect with other people in these little ways. And given that we have busy lives, really maximizing and paying attention to these micro networking moments is a really smart, productive networking strategy. The last thing probably you need, like I need, like many of your listeners, is another request for a Zoom coffee date, <laughs> right? We, we don't, but the things we're already doing, right? To do those already, um, to do those in a better way, and then to realize that your network has networks that they can refer you to, like you're a step away or two steps away for probably the opportunity you're looking for. Yeah. I think this idea of how we deal with networking and looking at this a different way started when I would, you know, got out of law school. And I know people are probably thinking, oh, good Lord. The last thing we think of is lawyers or attorneys being good networkers. <laughs> So. I actually do. I actually do think about. It. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, do, I tend to think most people in professional services they realize it's a relationship game. So I always thought they were quite good. Yeah, yeah. It's a relationship game. You need to spend the time building relationships, and it takes years, like mm. to make partner in a firm, uh, to advance in the profession. It takes you know you you recognize that it's it's growth. It, it growth in your experience. Um, growth in your reputation, growth in your relationships. So as a very young associate, you know, just out of law school in 1991, I recognized this and recognized the inherent tension in the chosen profession. You had a profession that required you to spend a lot of time at your desk doing work. Mm. And you needed to build your knowledge in order to advance. But the tension was you also needed to build relationships. How did you reconcile those two things? Because you couldn't say, oh, I'm out building relationships and schmoozing with people. Sorry, didn't do my billable hours. And on you know the other side, you can have all those billable hours and then never advance anywhere because you have no relationships. And that's where I think this, this sort of this gem of an idea of, all right, how do I leave a better voicemail? I start a conversation with a client just checking in how they are mm. how, instead of getting them to jump to you know clause three and section two of the MA agreement um how could i you know touch points and reach out because for me and likely for a busy client you know asking them to go for lunch or do a dinner or go to a sporting event as lovely as those things can be we don't necessarily have the time for them, mm. but you can still build relationships by taking these little actions. And so that kind of sort of penny dropping aha moment and realizing, oh, okay, this can work as a long-term as well as a short-term strategy to continue relationships. 
And what about the online game? I guess we're all in the online game at the moment because we've got no other game. There's no other game in town. But of course, for you know, the big development over what ten years is is LinkedIn, of course. And you know, for for particularly for for job seekers, I'm a big advocate of using LinkedIn in a more interesting way than as a job board um, and trying to develop your relationships there. I know you are too. What what do you say of of um, people looking at their job search on LinkedIn and how they might approach developing and growing their network? So I'm a massive fan of online um, and I approach it again differently. I think we, you know, we have these tech tools um, but they're not marketing one-way funnels of screaming information. Um, I don't think of them as secondary or lesser networking. I think you need to give it the same context as you would an in-person physical event. So just focusing on LinkedIn, I think of that like the office or the professional conference, uh, or maybe, you know, maybe it is like a career fair. How do you conduct yourself in that environment and bring that mentality to LinkedIn? So by that, I mean, think about, right, if someone was to walk up to you at a, in the office or walk up to you at a conference, you know, how do you dress and how do you engage with people? How do you pass along information? That should be the mentality that you bring to LinkedIn. Personally, I don't stand at a conference and say, hey, everyone who wants to connect with me at the conference, you know, like this post and, you know, offer to connect. And I see those posts on LinkedIn and I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? So in terms of growing your network on LinkedIn, personalized, customized outreach. You know, you don't walk up to people and just put your hand out and say, hey, let's connect. Here's my card. You introduce yourself. You say a few words so that they understand that you're you're someone who could be trustworthy and have a kind of you know approach in life and in business that maybe I want to maybe I want to talk to you. Uh, you know, I'm not. I mean, other than maybe I want to say you walk through the perfume or make cosmetics department in a department store and people hand out free samples without asking if you want them. They stand there and spritz you, but. You know, on LinkedIn, I don't need someone just to throw sales in my face without understanding who I am first. There's there's banter, there's introduction in that professional. So think about that human element and think about the context of it on LinkedIn. You should have a full profile, not just because I may stumble across it, but someone may refer you. They may say, you know what? You gotta work with Tony. He's fabulous. And then the person who's now heard you're fabulous goes to your LinkedIn profile and there's no picture and the information's half filled out. Mm. They're kind of thinking, oh, well, I'm not sure about this Tony guy. And as for the person who referred them, mm. I'm doubting their credentials as well because this doesn't look like my kind of person. So, you know, it, it behooves you to get future referrals, like who are your refers, right? to make sure that your profile reflects the person they think you are. Um, and what a trend, Tony, and you've probably noticed this, that I like on LinkedIn over the past year is more people are engaging in comments. Mm. And there's more kind of like a, a banter or that 
that dialogue you'd have if you were, you know, standing in line at a concession stand at a industry conference and you're kind of chatting with the other people who are waiting for the next session to open up. You, that more that more of that banter going on. And and I think that's a really positive trend. It's so important. I, I mean, it's it's one thing to like stuff. It's you know, the basic thing is seeing stuff and doing nothing about it. A step further might be to like stuff, but commenting is so important. Not everybody gets amazing engagement. Uh, if you're in a niche and you want to build your network in that niche, you you want to follow people in that niche. You want to look at their posts and you want to comment on them. Ask good questions. Start a conversation. Don't not just commenting, but asking really good questions and try and get engaged in something. And you'll find that. Actually, most people who post something, you know, they don't get, you know, maybe maybe you do, Kelly, you've got a big network, but, you know, if they get 10 comments, that's, that's, that's pretty good going. And if you're one of those 10 people, then you've just developed a closer relationship with that person than, you know, most of the people have on the site. So it's so powerful to comment and so powerful to ask questions. Um, on the site, if you can do that, your your visibility is so much higher. And you don't need to be visible to everybody in the entire network or five hundred million of them. You just need to be <laughs> visible to to your community that makes sense. And and the other thing that you said there was context, and that the context is so important. If you're in chemicals and you're linked to other people in chemicals industry, and you say I'm linking to you because you're in the chemicals industry and I love your company or whatever it is, that's a great way of you know, connecting some, with somebody, it's much better than random and it's much more powerful and valuable to you moving forward in your job search. Yeah. And, well, you know, the, the sort of the, when someone sends me the standard, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn, I am, I, I delete them immediately. Mm. Why do I do that? To save my time. I mm. am not going to go and look and figure out how we know each other. I'm not going to figure out, try and figure out, because guess what? Our most valuable, okay, we've got three valuable assets in life, right? We've got our reputation, we've got our relationships, and we have time. Two of those assets are renewable. Mm. You can lose your reputation, you can lose friends, and you can gain those things back. You can't gain back your time. So to me, when someone sends a, hey, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn with nothing more, you're wasting my time. Mm. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep it easy. Hit delete, like done. I often ask, as you are probably asked, is, um, you know, how do I start a conversation with someone? Well, how about you look and see what they're posting? Why don't you ask, why don't you read what they're posting? Not just what they wrote, but the article they talked about. Why don't you show interest in them and say, wow, I'm really glad you posted this. I didn't know this was going on in this industry. I appreciate it. I, so people are posting information not because we don't have anything else to do, right? We, we're doing this because we want other people to take in the content. So start a conversation. Let me share something, and, and it's actually, we'll flip over to another social platform, which is Twitter, which is my favorite one. Um, and I like to think of Twitter as the, the grand cocktail party. And how are you a good guest at a cocktail party, right? You listen, you watch. I think of a a like uh, on on Twitter, That's how is that any different than if you were at a cocktail party and someone said something and you just nodded? Like you acknowledged that you were listening and that was interesting. And, you know, a retweet is like looking at other people saying, wow, we're having this interesting conversation. You should join us. Like that's the way I think of it in that kind of cocktail party context. And um, 
one of the people over the years, because of hashtags, uh, I'm, I originally followed and connected with was a very much had an interest in management. So I started following the author, Tom Peters. So this is where I sort of say to people, you want to find people you want to have dialogues with, you know, follow hashtags, mm. see, see where people are gathering, where's maybe a tribe and a conversation you want to, you know, maybe you want to watch and see, maybe they're sharing information that might, might be job related information. Um, maybe it reveals a hidden job market you don't know about because these other people are talking about sort of insider information in an in a industry and you're like, wow, that's not in the job board, but they're talking about it. So I started following the author, Tom Peters. Tom is best-selling author, 19 books. His first book was In Search of Excellence. Best-selling business book for like 40 years. And maybe it's one of the reasons I love social media. If you take these really like kind of golden etiquette rules and you apply them in social, you can meet people that you wouldn't otherwise meet. Yes. So you think for you, me, how would you meet someone like Tom Peters? Mm. You know, at a book signing? And what are you going to do at a book signing? Fawn over someone and they're going to, you know, get like security to haul you out, right? You're going to, they're going to, every future book signing, there's going to be like a picture with your name, you know, like your face and an X through it. Like, watch out. Don't, don't talk to this crazy person. Um, instead, I could have a banter with Tom. And this started back in 2009. And at some point he started following me and, Every once in a while, I would make comments on his stuff or retweet his stuff, and he would like comment on my comment or retweet. And we had this banter going back. And I made an announcement that I was publishing a book, and he direct messaged me to congratulate me and then let me know that he had ordered my book. So I direct messaged him back, and I'm like, dude, we have the same publisher. I think I can get them to send you the book. I said, by the way, I'm reading this book. And he goes, well, I could have sent you that one, so why don't we? So what turned from just like following turned into a friendship. But at this point, Tony, we're talking seven years. Now, I'm not saying that every relationship takes that long to develop, but you know, you gotta spend some time. Sometimes we have immediate fast friendships and it goes from following to you know being their BFF. In other times, it takes time. So today I would say to you, because of taking human behavior and applying those principles in the digital platform, I have a friend, I have a mentor. We have met once in person, in real life. The conversation was no different than on Twitter, except it was a little, well, it was a little saltier and we didn't have to talk in 280 characters. And that is why Tom wrote the foreword to the paperback edition of my book. And how amazing to have that friendship. So I'm just like, just trust like your human nature. If you wouldn't say it to someone in a bar or a hallway, then maybe don't say it on Twitter or approach them that way on Twitter and sure as heck don't do that on LinkedIn. So just bring your humanity, your courtesy, your decency, have some patience, bring that in the social platforms. I think that is a beautiful, way to end absolutely perfect bring some humanity to it because that you know ultimately these are social platforms they might be online but there's still people behind behind each of those profiles and they tend to think and act in the same way that you do they want to be treated in the same way that you do yeah i think that's a really really uh that's very sage advice kelly thank you very much for your time appreciate it thank you well some sage advice there from uh, kelly be a human being
interact with other human beings in a human way and that will bring you the best reward even if that is online uh, i think that's really really good advice if you want some advice in your job search if you're looking for a job right now if you're perhaps struggling to make the short list um, go on my site careermovesecrets.com and check out the ats beating resume masterclass that will really help you out and if you're enjoying these podcasts um, please subscribe because of course there will be more career move secrets podcasts coming very soon Thank you.